the morning after. And you know they, they were uh, they were competing uh, hole by hole, and Michael Jordan told Kevin Sorbo, uh, "Whatever makes you uncomfortable." As I think Jordan wanted to bet like twenty thousand bucks a hole or something like that. Let's bring in a uh, the man that used to be known as Hercules, but right now this guy's uh, really getting it done as a director uh, with his wife. Weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on the Sports Grid Network. At the window. NFL now has suspended Josh Gordon five different times for substance abuse. This is very possibly his last one. That's just coming from Adam Schefter. Uh, here, here, here's another tweet. NFL has suspended Josh Gordon definitely violating the league's policies on performance-enhancing substances and substances of abuse. So there you go. Weekdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Sports Grid Network. Welcome in to Golf Betting On Demand. I'm your host, Rick Gaiman, and this is a fun one because we don't have PGA Tour action this week, just like we didn't last week. But last week we went we went through the top 10 golfers of the decade, which was a lot of fun. Got a lot of great feedback from everybody. Uh, we had Rory ranked number one. We had Tiger ranked number five. Uh, JT at number nine. Those all got uh, plenty of conversation. So it was a lot of fun to be able to go back and forth and talk about uh, the different things that went into the last 10 years. But what we're going to do in this episode is we're going to look forward. This is our 2020 preview because, quite frankly, the next time we talk, we are going to have golf action. We'll have the Tournament of Champions. Uh, So this is really our last chance to dive deep into 2020, the storylines that we're going to be seeing for this year, and also the players that we're going to end up betting on uh, at various portions of this upcoming 2020 year. So I wanted to take the opportunity to just do a full-on preview of this upcoming season. And with that being said, let's start with the schedule. The schedule is a little bit different this year. Um, so first of all, just in terms of actual tournaments, the Desert Classic, which is an early event you'll see uh, right after the Hawaii Swing. It used to be called the Desert Classic. It is now called the American Express. That is a new uh, tournament sponsorship. It's still going to be played in La Quinta. Uh, the Genesis Open is now the Genesis Invitational. So that means it now has the Invitational status, which uh, reduces the field to 120 golfers from the 154 golfers. Um, it allows you know a little bit more flexibility on who's invited and who's not. It's usually based on uh, the official world golf rankings, and then there's some other exemptions that go into it, but that will now be a reduced field for the Genesis Invitational. Additionally, This is the second year of the new major schedule. So remember the PGA championship gets moved to, uh, or I'm sorry, gets, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. The players championship gets moved to March. And then what we have is basically one big event every month, March, April at the masters, May, June, July, August is usually the tour championship, uh, or the playoffs. So we, we have a lot of, um, action to go on. So this is the second year. So I think golfers are going to, uh, use what they learned last year, which is how to space out their schedule. You know, the guys who only want to play the big events, they have to play more because there's more big events in a shorter period of time. You can't take off as much as you normally would. And then there is another monkey wrench that goes into this season, which is the Olympics, uh, which will be happening towards the end of the year, towards the end of the summer, um, which we'll talk about in a second. But the Olympics also throws another, um, you know, wrench into this whole scheduling thing where, you know, for someone like Tiger, who we'll talk about, he has to figure out how to get that onto his schedule, assuming he's going to qualify for the team. All right, the majors for this year. So uh, the venues, of course, um, we're going to see uh, Augusta is going to host the the Masters. Obviously, it's never moved from there. That's the only major that does not rotate. And then the PGA Championship is going to be held at uh, Harding Park in San Francisco, TPC Harding Park. This is a really great story that they have uh, over there. This course um, was in such demise that they actually used it uh, I want to say it was like 97 
for the Olympic Club US Open? Would that have been like 97-ish? They used it as a parking lot. That's what bad shape this course was in. You just parked on the course. Uh, absolutely brutal. Now they got a bunch of money to, to renovate it, to bring it up to world-class facilities. And it's since hosted the 2009 President's Cup. Uh, it will host this 2020 PGA Championship and then the 2025 President's Cup. So this is a really great test. This is turning back into a course that I think, uh, I mean, I enjoyed it in 2009 for the President's Cup. I think we're really going to like it for the PGA Championship this year. Uh, really good story to go along with it. And it's a municipal course. So if you're in California, you can play this course. Uh, you know, you have a, there's a resident rate. You can just travel in and, and, and play it. It's not that expensive. It's kind of like Torrey Pines where it's a, uh, a local muni that, you know, you can play one of these really sweet courses that the pros play on. Um, and you don't have to be part of a private club. So really, really cool thing there. Uh, US Open back at Wings Foot this year. So uh, that's in New York. Last time we saw Winged Foot was 2006. Jeff Ogilvie won the US Open. Um, we also saw it in 1984, 74, 59, and 29. So this will be the sixth time the US Open has been held at Winged Foot. It's also hosted the 1997 PGA Championship. This is just a staple on the PGA Tour major, major rota essentially is what it is. So when they rotate through all these courses, you're getting winged foot, which is a course that we all know and love. Fun fact here, in 2006, uh, Tiger Woods missed the cut at winged foot, which was the first time in 39 straight major starts that Tiger missed the cut. Think about that. He made 38 straight cuts prior to that, missed the cut at winged foot. That's basically 10 full years of making the cut uh, at a major. And then, uh, after he missed that cut, he then went on to win the next three majors that he played. It was an extraordinary run. So winged foot is kind of like, there is this, you know, a little note footnote in history that this is the place tiger missed the cut to, to break his really long streak. And then he goes out and wins the next three really interesting stuff. Then we'll move to the Open Championship, which this is the 149th, uh, the 150th, which will be a big one, I believe is back at St. Andrews. Don't quote me on that, but pretty sure. Uh, this one is at Royal St. George's, which is Kent, England. Uh, not to be confused with St. George's, which is where the RBC Canadian is going to be hosted this year. So the RBC Canadian is hosting uh, at St. George's Golf Club and the Open Championship at Royal St. George's Golf Club. A little confusing. Don't be confused. This will be the 15th time hosting the Open Championship for Royal St. George's. Again, an absolute staple in that Open Championship rota. We see it uh, very, very often. Last two times, 2011, Darren Clark was your winner. 2013, Ben Curtis was your winner. Um, so that is your, your, your major schedule for this year. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Olympics uh, in a minute. But this this really, you know, looking at this, shapes up to be an excellent season. You know, we, we had new events last year that are back, the Rocket Mortgage Classic, the 3M Open. Um, those are still on the schedule. You have the new formatted schedule with the, the majors and the, the big events. Then you throw in the Olympics, and what you're looking at is an absolute action-packed 2020 year of golf just on the PGA Tour. And just, you know, that's not it doesn't even bring in any of the Euro Tour stuff. So it should be very, very exciting. Um, we're going to go through the storylines. We're going to go through the Olympics. We're going to go through the players uh, that I think are going to be most important and have the biggest impact on the new year. But first, a word from our partners. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. 
Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. This is the 2020 year preview, and I want to spend some time talking about the Olympics. We only get it once every four years, and if you remember, 2016 was the first time that golf was in the Olympics for like uh, 108 years. I don't know what the exact date was, but for all intents and purposes, 2016 was like the first time that golf had been played at the Olympics in this modern format with these professional golfers, with these guys that are out there making a living out of this. And Justin Rose ends up being your Olympic champion. And, you know, it's been a fun four years for Justin Rose, who has been able to, we've seen him wear that gold medal all over the place. We've seen him uh, have a lot of fun with it, being the only guy to ever win one. And uh, that reign is going to come to an end. Uh, I guess not. I guess he could still go out and win it again, but um, it should be really, really fun. Henrik Stenson uh, won the silver in 2016 and Matt Kuchar, the American winning the bronze. And it's an interesting format, right? So to qualify for this, um, it's, it's kind of weird. So there's, it's the top 60 golfers, uh, based on your official world golf rankings, the top 15 are automatically in, um, until you get four golfers from the same country. So if the top seven golfers are all from the U S which is kind of close, there's a, a bunch of them in the top 15, only the top four are going to get in. You cannot have more than four representatives from any country. So countries like the United States, a lot of really good golfers are going to miss out on this. So the top 15 automatically in as long as you're not, um, uh, as long as you've not counted for more than four of your country. And then after that, it goes by official world golf rankings. Uh, but only, only until you get two golfers from each country. Okay, so it's it's one of these weird situations where Jason Day, for example, he's like 39th in the world, but because Adam Scott and Mark Leishman are from Australia, they're both outside the top 15 in the world, but they're both ahead of Jason Day in the rankings. Jason Day is the odd man out. He's outside looking in. He would have to pass Leishman or Adam Scott in the official world golf rankings to get in. So what it creates is basically one or two guys from a lot of different countries. Uh, which is good because that's what the Olympics want. They want rep- they don't want you know ten countries represented here with six guys each. They want like thirty or forty countries represented, which is kind of what we have. So uh, currently, right now, if the qualifying ended, uh, the United States would have would be the only country with four representatives. They would have Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and Tiger Woods which we'll talk more about that in a second. Um, they're the only country to have four representatives. Great Britain would have is the only country to have three representatives. And then 22 different countries would have two representatives and nine countries would have one rep. So that's 31, 32, that's 33 different countries and 60 
different golfers. That is the type of composition that the Olympic, you know, the IOC is looking for. They want a bunch of different representation. So it's weird because, you know, guys like uh, Xander Shoffley are out. Patrick Cantlay are out. Guys that are ranked in the world top 10. And then like Gavin Green, who's, I don't know, ranked 200 and something in the world probably is in because he's like the lone representative from his country. Uh, So a really interesting dynamic. And then they will play this um, as, uh, it's just a four round stroke play match that that's it. It's, it's like a regular tournament, um, stroke play four rounds, no cut, nothing like that. And the winner gets the gold medal. Uh, there are also some interesting tidbits for countries like South Korea, uh, or countries that have a mandatory, mandatory military service, uh, which they do. So every, every male is required to enlist in the military for a couple of years. Uh, but the fun fact out of that is there are ways to get out of it and winning an Olympic medal is a way to get out of that mandatory military service. So guys like, um, Sung J M, Benny on, uh, if they get a bronze medal, they will not have, they, they can forego that mandatory military service. It's really interesting. We saw it with, Man, who was it in 2016? I can't remember who it was, but like it was this, ah, oh man, I, I forget who it was. It was a South Korean uh, golfer who, um, yeah, he, he, he was talking about it. Like, okay, if I don't win a bronze here or better, uh, like I'm going to have to put a halt on my PGA tour career. I'm going to go do my mandatory, mandatory military service and I'll have to come back. Um, he didn't do it obviously, but it's a really interesting dynamic that, that happens here. Uh, additionally, so let me read you off a couple of the other names because it's honestly the, the way these, uh, these countries are looking right now, it's almost like the, the current NBA where the NBA currently has two studs, uh, on every single team. Nobody really has three studs. It's kind of like that in, in the world of golf right now. So I mentioned the U S um, like Ireland, which Northern Ireland and Ireland fly under the same flag for the purposes of the Olympic golf, uh, Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry, those two would be the only two representatives from Ireland, even though Rory is from Northern Ireland. Uh, according to the Olympic website, they fly under the same flag. Argentina has Emiliano Grillo and uh, Fabian Gomez. Gomez is actually, I believe, the last man in the field currently at the moment. Australia, as I mentioned, Adam Scott and Mark Leishman. Spain would have uh, John Rahm and Sergio Garcia. Sweden would have Alexander Norin and Henrik Stenson. And Canada would have Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors. So, like, they're they're almost like it would almost be cool if they played in teams because most other Olympic events uh, or a lot of other Olympic events can be played in teams. Or if there was a team and an individual aspect of this, um, kind of like they do in in college golf, where you know you have your individual scores, but then you take your best. I don't know, two, three scores from, uh, from each team and assign team winners as well. I think it would be kind of interesting, but that is not going to be the way that it works in Japan for this Olympics. So really looking forward to this. Um, if you remember back in 2016, it was in Brazil and, um, we had a lot of the, a lot of the golfers who, you know, like Rory didn't play because of the the Zika virus stuff. I don't think we're going to have that, uh, this time around. So you should really get, all of the best players in the world heading to Japan to to compete in this. It should be a lot of fun. And what we saw at the Zozo Championship just a handful of weeks ago, um, Japan is a is a really flourishing, great golf country. You know, they they have a their their fans have a good understanding of it. They're passionate. It should be it should be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited about uh, this Olympics coming up. Okay. Speaking of that, I think that's a good segue into some of the milestones and some of the things that we're looking for. So, you know, we're the Olympics is only going to be the second time in modern history that golf is going to be there. Tiger's sitting on 82 wins tied with Sam Snead for the most all time. So if he can capture any win this year, he will be the lone uh, record holder for most wins in PGA Tour history, which I think we all believe is really just a matter of time. Uh, Tiger is the goat. He's he's the best. Uh, whether he catches Jack Nicklaus in in major victories is one thing, but um, it seems like he's going to get at least one more win and be the all time wins holder. So that is certainly something that will be a storyline every single time Tiger tees it up. And to go back to the Olympics conversation, every single stat, every single metric, basically Tiger Woods is the best at. When anyone asks you a trivia question in golf, just assume the answer is Tiger Woods, right? If it's like, oh, this guy has the most whatever. This guy has the best blah, blah, blah. The answer is almost always Tiger Woods. 
His resume is, un, you know, well, I shouldn't say it's unblemished. His resume is pristine. Uh, he's done things that other guys dream about. The only thing he has never done is compete in an, in an Olympics, which is really crazy. You know, he's checking off the list of things. Being a captain at the President's Cup, first time he's ever done that, he goes out and he he's the winning captain at the President's Cup. He can check that box off. Now he has the opportunity to check off this Olympics thing. And quite frankly, it's 2020. Uh, Tiger's not getting any younger. His back isn't getting any stronger. This is probably his last opportunity to qualify for this. I think he knows that. And he's currently within the qualifying. He would be in if this ended right now. Um, but this is probably his last crack at it. And if we could see Tiger at the Olympics, I think it would be awesome. If we could see him medal... Or, God forbid, if he wins the gold medal, oh my gosh, it would just be the icing on the cake of a, of a, of a career that is already so incredible. So, so we are really going to see, this is one, one shot only for Tiger. It's the 2020 Olympics, because 2024, I can't imagine he's going to be in the shape uh, to go out there and qualify for this. Although, hey, you, you could prove me wrong. Four years ago, I probably would have said the same thing that I'm saying right now. But it's a one-shot thing for Tiger, and I'm very much looking forward to to seeing how he does. All right, we will talk more about Tiger because there's a lot more. We'll talk about the young guns. We'll talk about some of the older guys and just guys to watch for this upcoming 2020 year. And we'll do that after these words. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. We are doing the 2020 year preview, and it is going to be a doozy. We've already covered the new schedule, new events, the Olympics, a little bit about Tiger. We're going to talk a, a, more about Tiger right now. Uh, I promise this will be the last we talk about him, but quite frankly, you know what? Someone, no one ever says, hey, Rick, can you talk less about Tiger Woods? Never happens uh, because there's so many great storylines. And quite frankly, we should relish in this because there was a time where Tiger was not in our lives for like four years and uh, he's back. He's back in a big way. He's won like three times in the last, what, 12 months, right? Tour championship, uh, Zozo most recently in the Masters. So he's won three times since last September. So like 15 months, it's really an unbelievable run. Nobody has won more than that. I believe in that time frame. Well, I guess Rory has, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a really good run for tiger. And now we're entering a year where our expectations are back up to him being the best player in the world. He's currently a top 10 player in the world. He's going to defend his title at the masters. Think about that. Think about when we get to the first full week of April, Tiger Woods is going to be hosting your champion's dinner. He's going to be in Butler cabin on Sunday, one way or another. He's either going to be putting the jacket on himself, or he's going to be giving it to whoever wins. We're just going to have a lot of time. It's going to be a, an electric week with him being the defending champion. I'm very interested to see how his season is going to go. Uh, what tournaments that he expects to play because he he has always built his schedule around um, a few things, uh, majors, uh, WGCs, and then like the big invitationals like uh, either the Memorial or the Arnold Palmer Invitational, things like that. But he has also built his schedule around rest and making sure that he doesn't play a bunch of like you know, three, four weeks in a row, right? He takes a lot of time off. Well, unfortunately, with the way the schedule is, those two things don't add up for him this year. It's difficult and almost impossible, quite frankly, to play all of the big events and still get your rest, especially when you throw the Olympics into this. So we are either going to see Tiger play a ton, which I don't know if that is good or bad, or we're going to see him skip out on some marquee events. Um, 
I believe the first one on the chopping block would probably be the WGC FedEx St. Jude, which that is now a WGC event, but it's in a really bad spot in the calendar. Uh, I believe it's right before or after the Open Championship. Uh, It's just like, it's in a really bad spot. I could see towards the end of the summer, him nixing that at some point. But yeah, like where's he going to start his season? He he can go play the Tournament of Champions. He hasn't played that in like 15 years. So I doubt he goes back and plays it, but um, he could. And then if he starts his if he starts his schedule like he normally does at Tory Tory Pines Farmers Insurance uh, Farmers Insurance Open, like it could be a lot of events for Tiger this year. Uh, so I'm very interested to see that and and just see how his body reacts to it. Guys that I'm not worried about their bodies reacting to it are the young guns. So we talked a little bit about this last year because so many of these young guys exploded onto the scene. You know, turning pro after the um, whether it's the U.S. Open or the Masters or uh, after, you know, after they graduated from college, like it is such a, there's such a great crop of young golfers and one of them being Matthew Wolf. So Matthew Wolf, Oklahoma State graduate, that elite golf program they they have there that, you know, Victor Hovland has come out of, Ricky Fowler has come out of, uh, Christopher Ventura, who is uh, working his way up the tour right now. They, I mean, uh, they they just pump pros uh, out of that system. Kid's 20 years old. Uh, he's already a winner on the PGA Tour. He won the 3M Open last year. Remember, he made Bur- or Eagle, I believe, on 18 to win that. This kid is something special, and he has the unique swing. And I hear him a lot be compared to like a mini Dustin Johnson, which I think is accurate, meaning that he can bomb it like no other. Off the tee, he can hit the ball a mile. He can hit it very high, which helps him with his long irons. Uh, he's going to need to develop as DJ did. Remember when DJ, okay, DJ has always been unbelievable off the tee. Uh, when he turned into the world's number one player and started winning in boatloads is when he figured out his wedge game and he really worked hard on that. And he said, okay, I'm, I'm 120 yards or less in on every hole because I hit it so far. Let me learn my wedges, okay? And let me figure these out. And when he did that, his game went to a whole nother level. He became the best player in the world. Matthew Wolf, I see on a very similar trajectory to that. It might take him 10 years like it took DJ. DJ is not necessarily a young guy. It might take a while for Matt Wolf to do this. Um, but some weeks, he's just going to be completely dominant. And some weeks, he is going to be one of the worst players in the field. Um, he's already finding success in the young fall portion of this season. He's got a uh, tie for 13th at the Zozo and a T18 at the Shriner. So two top 20s already coming into this young season. Really excited about what he is going to be offering to us, uh, especially in terms of betting options for the 2020 year. Scotty Scheffler is the next guy. Scotty Scheffler, 23 years old. He's the Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year last year. And remember who won the Corn Ferry Tour Player of the Year the previous year? Sung J.M., who then went on to be your PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, played every event, uh, made his name, uh, like really solidified himself at the President's Cup as an excellent golfer. I mean, I, I love the guy. We talk about him almost every single week here. And now Scotty Scheffler following in those footsteps. Scotty Scheffler is like already ranked top 60 in the world. It's like he's played, you know, seven professional events on the PGA Tour. Uh, he's been absolutely killer. He already has three top 10s this season. The one thing about Scotty Scheffler, uh, his Thursday and Friday, his first round and second round scoring averages are almost second to none. He's been absolutely awesome in the first two rounds of the golf tournament. His weekend scoring has been uh, some of the worst on tour. He just falters on weekends, week in and week out. Now, what that I think the, the positive takeaway from that is he's like one good weekend away from getting that first win. Uh, he finished third at the uh, Bermuda Championship a few weeks back, uh, played really, really well. It, it, it's just like he keeps putting himself in these positions. Um, he's going to have one good weekend and he's going to win a golf tournament and then he's going to, he's never going to look back. So I'm really excited about what he brings only 23 years old as if they were, you know, as if we need these guys getting any younger, Joaquin Neiman is 20. Okay. Not even 21 years old yet and has already won 
the Greenbrier, which was the first event of this fall season. We saw him at the President's Cup. A little bit shaky at the President's Cup, to be quite honest. Looked like a rookie. Looked like the pressure was getting to him a little bit. But um, the skill set from this kid is, is second to none. Remember back, so he did not come into that class. He always gets lumped into Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, that group from last year, because they're all young guys. But he did not come in with those guys. He's actually a year earlier. He came in the prior year. And remember when he played like the first seven or eight events that he played, his stats were unbelievable. And we were crowning him, right? Because we were saying, okay, he doesn't have enough rounds to qualify. But if he did, he would have been number one in strokes gained approach, number one in strokes gained tee to green, number one in like he just would have been dominant. And we were ready to crown him as like the next, at the time, like next Jordan Spieth, right? Because there's just this young kid who's ascending so quickly. And then golf hit him, right? And it, it, it takes time to figure this stuff out. And it did for Joaquin Neiman, but already in the 19, uh, 2019-2020 season, he has proven that the skill set is really there. So his win uh, at the Greenbrier, this is a great stat from Sean Martin of the PGA Tour. Since World War II, the only foreign-born players to win on tour before age 21, there's three of them, Seve Ballesteros, Rory McIlroy, and Joaquin Neiman. That is absolute elite country uh, company, excuse me, to be a part of when you are winning that young. So uh, the guy can't legally drink a beer in the United States, but uh, you know he certainly will be celebrating a lot of victories some way. I'm very much looking forward to Neiman. He's got his card locked up now for a couple of years. He can play a little bit uh, easier. It should be a lot of fun to see what he develops into over the course of the 2020 season and beyond. And then finally. The last young gun that we have here, uh, Colin Morikawa, 22 years old. He is in that group with, you know, Victor Hovland, who we haven't even talked about. Um, Matt Wolf, he is in there, already a winner. He won the Barracuda last year. That's the uh, the Stableford match. It's, it runs opposite of the, oh, I just put myself on the spot here. Shouldn't do that. It runs opposite of one of the big major events. <laughs> um, so it was. it's a little bit of a weaker field, but uh, he goes out and he wins it, you know, solidifies that tour card. Nine for nine in cuts made uh, on his PGA in his PGA Tour career. He already has three top four finishes, including that win. And here's one of these stats that, like we we you know lumped the praise on um, uh, Joaquin Neiman two years ago with. He didn't qualify. He didn't have enough rounds to qualify, but he would have led the tour last year in strokes gained tee to green, and he would have been fourth in approach, which is one of the uh, most telling stats week to week of of where you're going to determine success. And then really like 22 years old, you know, he comes in with, with Victor Hovland, who I guess we should really mention, you know, Hovland again, out of that Oklahoma state program, uh, low, low am at the masters, um, goes out and sits in Butler cabin with Patrick Reed and Tiger Woods. Uh, this kid's a stud, you know, he's one of the best off the tee players. His game is so solid all around. Um, you know, they actually changed the rule where, uh, you know, he missed out on the, he had to actually go back down to the corn Ferry tour playoffs last year and get his tour card for this year, but they changed the rule. So now amateurs that come out this year and turn pro, they're able to accumulate money towards their PGA tour standing. It's like the Victor Hovland rule because he played so well last year and still had to go back down and get his card. And to his credit, he went down to the corn Ferry tour finals. He, took care of business. He comes back up and he's ready to rock and roll for this year. So you're going to be seeing a ton of this kid. Uh, his game is as pristine as it gets. He's got one of the best swings on tour. Really looking forward to see what he can do in 2020. All right. On the other side, we are going to talk about guys who are at the uh, cusp of something in their career. I don't know what that something is yet. And we'll talk through some of the studs and how they look for the upcoming 2020 year. I'm super excited about it. I know you are too. Stick around and I'll be back right after these words.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand. It's our 2020 preview episode, and we've covered a lot already, but still so much more to come. We've covered the schedule, which is action-packed for this season. We've covered the Olympic formatting being rammed into this schedule as well. We've talked Tiger Woods, and we've talked the Young Guns. It is going to be an exciting 2020 season, and it will continue to be exciting, but not necessarily in a positive way for every single golfer. Uh, some of the guys that I don't know how it's going to turn out for are up here in this section. So let's talk about it. Phil Mickelson, number 62 in the world. He is going to be a, a compelling storyline to watch over the course of the next 365 days. But I don't know if we're going to like the results of it if you are a Phil Mickelson fan. Phil is currently ranked number 62 in the world. He's dropped out of the top 50, which if you remember a few weeks ago was the first time he dropped out of the top 50 in like forever. You know, he had the record like hundreds and hundreds of weeks in a row where he was in the official world golf rankings, top 50 that came to an end for Phil despite winning at AT AT&T Pebble Beach this year, which I mean, shows you like it was a really bad year. When you drop like that and you had a win on your resume, you really didn't do much the rest of the year, which is exactly the way that I would describe Phil's season. Unfortunately, I don't think it gets any better for him because now that he has dropped out of the top 50 and now even the top 60, you don't get those invitations to the invitationals. It's harder to get into the WGC events that are uh, based around the official world golf rankings. You're not going to be playing in some of these, you know, high quality events that are almost free world golfing, uh, world golf rank points, right? So, you know, when you're, when you get into every WGC, as long as you finish, you're getting those, uh, world ranking points, you're getting the dollars, you're having a chance at winning these things. And that's not going to happen for Phil anymore. So I think what you are going to see is his official world golf ranking, unless he goes out and wins a couple of times is going to continue to plummet. Uh, this might be the down end of Phil's career. The, the good news for him is that his game is creative enough. His game uh, is so volatile that he's going to have some really, really bad weeks, but he could also have those really great weeks where he can bank on experience and he can go out and he can win a Pebble Beach. He can contend at Augusta because he knows the course so well. But I think over the course of the next year, it's probably going to be more uh, bad than good for Phil Mickelson. And I think we're just, and it's been a great career. Don't get me wrong. This is not a knock on Phil. It has been an unbelievable career that he's had, but I think it's quite obvious we were at the tail end of it. And uh, as, as great as he is on social media and, you know, Instagram and Twitter, that might be where we're seeing the majority of Phil Mickelson over the course of the next couple of years. Also on this list, uh, Jason Day, a guy who we talked about, he was one of the players of the decade. Between 2010 and 2019, this guy won seven events in 17 starts. He had one of the best 18-month stretches of anyone in the history of the game, got to the world number one ranking. Unfortunately, very similar to Phil Mickelson, it just hasn't been as good for Jason Day. Um, You know, his putter carried him for a, a lot of that great run that he was on. Uh, He was also, uh, at times, elite off the tee. The putter's still okay, still above average, still fine, but the rest of the game has kind of deteriorated around that, and it's it's been difficult for him to play well in any significant stretch. He's now currently ranked 36th in the world, which is going to be his worst year-end ranking since 2012. He withdrew from the President's Cup uh, after being a captain's pick, got replaced by Ben Ahn, which was definitely an upgrade for the international team. He's not currently qualified for the Olympics. Uh, In the same way that 
Phil Mickelson is going to start dropping out of some of these events. Jason Day is on the verge of that. You know, once he falls out of that top 50 in the world, top 60 in the world, you're going to see less and less of Jason Day. And it's going to require him uh, to get back into this to win uh, win some uh, full field event somewhere. And he hasn't shown much of that recently. And it's 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 really interesting to see what, like, like I don't know, like, I, I think we can understand Phil is at the, the down end of his career. Jason Day to me is more of a wild card. If he came back and played really awesome this year, I don't think anyone would be surprised. And if he fell off and continued to fall in the world rankings, I also don't think we'd be surprised. I think I'm just very interested to see which way it goes because the skill set that this guy has shown over the course of the last five or 10 years um, is almost second to none. And I really hope that he can get it going again, but I'm not that optimistic. In the, now, now, Jordan Spieth is the third guy I have on my list here. And I really think he should be thanking, or, uh, or Jason Day should be thanking Jordan Spieth for the cover that he has provided. Because Jordan Spieth is the guy that has taken all of the ribbing on golf Twitter. He's taking all of the heat from the media, right? Just the fact that he had such a terrible 2019 year uh, kind of provided a lot of cover for Jason Day. He flew under the radar as far as the bad year that he was having. But Jordan Spieth now down to the number 43rd ranked player in the world. By far his worst ranking uh, since he became a full member, or worst year-end ranking, I guess I should say, since he became a full member on the PGA Tour. Uh, it's been two and a half years since his last win. That Open Championship two and a half years ago was his last victory. Had a couple of uh, top tens last year where you know he was he was in contention, but um, you know he's he's making too many big numbers. And a guy that relies on the magic beans and the magic putter to get him out of a lot of situations, uh, while he sprays his driver all over the place, is a dangerous game to play. Uh, that usually doesn't end well for the guy with the magic putter. So I'm super excited and super thrilled to see what happens with Jordan Spieth because I think this is, we're at the precipice. It's the fork in the road. Um, Jordan Spieth is going to either go left down the fork and uh, we're going to say, okay, he had one of the best seasons ever in 2015. He had this great ascension, uh, but he, what he did was probably unsustainable and we might never see anything like that for a long time. Or he goes right down the fork and he gets his game right and he elevates back to a top 10 player in the world. He's still so young. Um, he still has the mental fortitude. He, he grinds on every single shot of every single tournament. Maybe we see him mix it up if things go wrong. Maybe he switches up his caddy, Michael Greller, right? I mean, uh, play when, when things go wrong for players, they usually, you know, uh, the swing coach goes, the caddy goes, everybody else goes uh, as they try to figure something out. And we might have to see that from Jordan Spieth if he goes another year or another extended period of time without winning, uh, it might be time to shake something up. So this is a super uh, interesting storyline that we have coming into the 2020 season. I have no idea how this is going to turn out, but what I do know is golf is better when Jordan Spieth is good. Uh, golf's better when, you know, if Jason Day, Phil Mickelson, all these guys get back uh, to their top form, that would be great for the game. We need, you know, it, we want golf to be deep. Jordan Spieth is a very likable guy. It would be great if he was winning golf tournaments. All right. Now there's the studs that we need to talk about here. I mean, there's so many of them. I, I mentioned it. Golf is deep. It's as deep as it's ever been. And Tiger is relevant again. And what I think is hilarious is, you know, over the past couple of years, all these guys, JT came out and he was like, oh, you know, I hope Tiger comes back. It's great. You know, it's, he would be great for the game, blah, blah, blah. And it's true, but uh, they might regret wishing Tiger well and hoping he gets healthy and hoping he gets back on top of his game because he's now taking a lot of wins away from these young guys who never had to play against Tiger in the peak of their career. They didn't know what they were getting themselves into. JT, who really only burst on the scene four years ago uh, where Tiger was nowhere to be found. Uh, did not know Peak Tiger, and he might regret, uh, you know, wishing him well and 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 all that stuff uh, when he starts winning tournaments all over the place again. So I think it's really interesting. But you know, we're gonna have the Brooks Rory storyline again. You know, Brooks uh, doesn't end up playing the Presidents Cup. Has had the the injury issues. Uh, continues to uh, boast himself as the big game hunter, the guy who goes out and wins majors and doesn't care about anything else. Um, you know, simultaneously, he won back-to-back -back PGA championships, won back-to-back -back US Opens. Um, like, 
he's he is kind of said he has no rivals, right? He's gone to these events and been like, you know, half the field's out before we even start this thing. He he has built this facade up that he only cares about winning majors. And I think that's a little bit of a dangerous game because when you stop winning majors, uh, what have you built yourself up to? Um, so when you say majors are the only thing that matters, and quite frankly, it's probably unrealistic that he's going to win three out of every eight of these or whatever ridiculous pace that he's on. When you start losing majors or not winning majors, and that's the only way that you measure yourself, you're in big trouble. So I'll be interested to see how Brooks kind of evolves from that, uh, especially now that Rory, your PGA Tour Player of the Year, is on top of the world. The guy can't lose. Uh, had one of the best seasons we ever saw last year, best non-Tiger strokes gain season we had. Won three times, won the Tour Championship from five shots back. Like, just Rory is at the absolute top of his game. Uh, John Rahm, who nearly won three straight times to end 2019, now up to the number three ranked player in the world. He's on the cusp of turning into a major, I mean, he's already a major superstar in golf, but like he goes out, he wins a major. Now his name is being uh, talked about constantly. Uh, Dustin Johnson, who, you know, another guy who struggled down, uh, down the stretch of last season, had the knee procedure in the off season. Like he, he gets gear gearing up again. He's a former number one player in the world. You're looking down, you know, down the, um, muzzle of a lot of really great golfers that are going to just be banging each other, uh, you know, in the head over and over again, over the course of the next year, trying to figure out who is going to win these majors. There's like seven studs on the PGA tour. When you talk about tiger, uh, Rory Brooks, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, and then you don't even get to guys like Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, or probably my favorite, Justin Thomas, who for whatever reason continues to fly under the radar, already has a win this year, um, you know, will probably, he's won the PGA Tour money title two out of the last three years, didn't win it last year because he goes out and wraps his club around a tree at the Honda, uh, misses a couple of months with his wrist injury, wasn't really the same coming back, then he wins the BMW championship at the end of the year. So like, he's already rocking and rolling into into the 2020 season. Uh, Like, it is just a a star-studded set of golfers that we have going into this season, it's really tough to try to handicap them. So, you know, there's really only so many majors to go around between, okay, so what's that? Tiger, Rory, Rom, Brooks, JT, DJ, that's six guys that you would say like, yeah, this guy's going to win a major this year. Like, of course he is. He's that good. Well, that's six guys in four majors. So what, so something's got to give here. Uh, They all can't win one. Uh, and if one guy wins two for, and then, and then you throw in everybody else on the PGA tour, all the other young guns, all the other guys that are ranked inside the top 20 that end up winning a lot of these big time events. And it's just like, holy crap, the PGA tour and golf is so incredibly deep. So it's, it's just one of these things where, you know, um, I don't know if we're, if we're at the point where like Rory goes out and wins three times or four times and doesn't win a major, uh, like he did last year, but he won the players and he won the tour championship that gets you player of the year, but you could legitimately have a guy out of this list that wins three times. Uh, but none of them are majors. None of them are the players. None of them are the tour championship. Uh, and you're like, well, you know, was that season, uh, a success for him? Because we're measuring guys on majors so much at this point. So it's really remarkable. I think we are in a great situation with all of the big events that we have, all of the WGCs, all the majors, the Olympics, everything, you know, everybody can get their, their, uh, their beak wet a little bit, right? There is enough to go around, but at the same time, there's not enough majors. And these guys are going to be battling it out every single week, week, which I find incredibly thrilling. And I'm absolutely looking forward to it. All right. We're going to put a bow on the 2020 preview, uh, talk about the the top storylines and the top things to look forward to uh, for this upcoming year, and we'll do that on the other side.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Welcome back to Golf Betting On Demand, and this has been the 2020 year preview. So I hope you enjoyed this. You know, going back to last week and doing the the top 10 golfers of the decade was awesome. It was a lot of research. I really enjoyed it. There was a lot of things that came up that I had forgotten about or didn't even know about. So it was a ton of fun. And then in the same way, you know, looking forward to the 2020 season and trying to predict and trying to figure out what are going to be the storylines, who is going to be the most compelling, uh, it was just as fun. And and it really solidifies to me what a great spot the world of golf in is at the moment, you know, with the new schedule, the second year of the new schedule where we are getting primetime big events every single month throughout the year. Then on top of that, throwing in the Olympics, it is like a new schedule on steroids. And we're going to have so much, so much, so many prizes, uh, so many big events, so much drama every single week. It's, you know, we're, we're never going to sleep. It's going to be a lot of fun. Then you throw in the fact that Tiger Woods is back, baby. He's back. He's going to be defending his green jacket at the Masters. Unbelievable week that is going to be. Uh, plus, he has a chance to do something he's never done, play at the Olympics. It's it's insane. Then you get an influx of... Also, Tiger goes for 83, the all, the all-time wins record. Uh, then you inject all these young guns like Matt Wolf and Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa and Joaquin Neiman and who am I missing? Scotty Scheffler. Like you inject all of these guys that are trying to be the next whatever, the next DJ, the next JT, the next Rory, and you see if they take a leap in their career. And then you take the guys that we've known for so long, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson, Jason Day, and you wonder what does 2020 bring for them? Uh, you know, is it going to be the fork in the road where they go one way and things are great, one way things are terrible? And then you add in all the other studs, the Rory's, the DJ's, the Brooks, uh, like you add these guys all into the mix and they're already at the top of their game. They're ready to break out and, and solidify themselves as the best golfer in the world. And we get to sit here and watch it all. I'm looking forward to the 2020 year. I'm looking forward to breaking it down with you. Uh, tweet me and let me know what you think. It's at Rick run. Good. This has been golf betting on demand. I'll see you next time.